welcome to the Wildlife Matters podcast, series one, episode 12. This is the final one of our first series, and it's been a blast so far. Do you know, just got to share with you, we have had over 15,000 downloads from our previous episodes. So I'm really looking forward to welcoming all of you who have downloaded it. I just want to say thank you so much for your support. It's really motivating. And we will be back for series two. But before we go there, obviously, we've still got episode 12 to look at. And there's been a lot going on this week in the wildlife world. In our main feature, we're going to be looking at the animals that are being poached for their body parts. And in Wildlife Matters Investigates, we're going to be exposing the cruel life that dolphins and orcas that are taken from the wild, how bad their life is in captivity and just highlighting some of those things. So that will be coming up on episode 12 of the Wildlife Matters podcast with me, Nigel Palmer. But now it's time for this week's Nature News. we're going to be looking at the fantastic news that the killer whale known as Lolita is going to be free from captivity after more than 50 years or five decades in a Miami aquarium. Lolita the orca has been forced to perform for millions of spectators at the Miami Sea Aquarium in Florida since her capture back in 1970. Now, after 52 miserable years in captivity, the killer whale will be free. The 57-year-old orca was taken from her pod from the waters of Washington when she was just a four years old and has been forced to perform in shows from her cramped tank every day until her retirement in 2022. The Miami Seaquarium wrote in a statement, Today, 30th of March, 2023 for the first time ever a private company with marine mammals under human care and a non-profit animal welfare organization executed a binding agreement with one purpose the return of our beloved lolita to her home waters adding that the orca will receive the highest quality of care as the team works to make relocation possible in the next 12 18 months Lolita, also known as Tokite, was pulled from performing after she fell ill. She is currently the oldest orca to be held in captivity. And this comes from a decades-long campaign from activists who have protested her poor living conditions and said her tank was too small. Lolita has become a poster animal in drives to change the way society thinks about animals in captivity and performing animals. With her freedom, being at the forefront of releasing animals in captivity back to their natural habitats. As news broke, Pritam Singh, founder of the non-profit Friends of the Lita, admitted getting the whale home was not a simple task, saying there's lots of work to be done 
but I think we are up to the task. If Lolita is finally returned to her home waters, there will be cheers from all around the world. If the Seaquarium agrees to move her, it will offer her long-awaited relief after five miserable decades in a cramped tank and send a clear signal to other parks that the days of confining highly intelligent, far-ranging marine mammals to dismal prisons are done and dusted. It's also believed that Lolita's mother, known as Ocean's son, still swims freely with her pod L25. Ocean's son is believed to be around 95 years old and the oldest female southern resident orca or killer whale. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, southern orcas spend several months of their year in the Washington area but they were added to the endangered species list as far back as 2005, with the population of these whales fluctuating considerably since the 1970s, when it was reduced because of animals being captured for marine parks. So we're really glad that after decades of campaigning, I just want to congratulate those who have stuck with this for so long. It's been such a long campaign it does seem finally Lolita Tokitai may get her freedom. Let's just hope that she makes it back to her home waters. And that has been this week's Wildlife Matters Nature News. Welcome back and in this week's Wildlife Matters Investigates we're going to be looking at the dolphins, orcas been taken from the wild that were born to be wild and just explaining to you some of the ways that these animals suffer just to give entertainment to some human beings. See dolphins, orcas and whales are majestic, they're highly intelligent mammals, they're so similar to us, they do feel emotions, they learn quickly and form strong family bonds that are unbreakable, living in large pods where they teach their young with playful interactions. But this comparison to our own species abruptly ends when some people believe it is acceptable to steal them from their homes, confine them to tiny tanks, and then to train them to perform tricks for shows as a source of income for other humans. We refer to this as abuse, while some may consider it entertainment. But the truth is that dolphins orcas were born to be wild, not trapped in tanks for our amusement. Just a single glance at the captivity conditions 
is enough to send shockwaves of horror through the hearts of anyone who loves animals. These wild animals, which can range up to 100 miles a day in the wild, suffer immensely when combined in concrete tanks full of chlorinated water. Wildlife Matters investigates some common symptoms that affect captive whales and dolphins. The first of those are collapsed dorsal fins. So captive orcas bear a marked physical difference that is absent in their wild counterparts, and that is collapsed floppy dorsal fins. But according to SeaWorld's education department, this peculiar trait has nothing to do with captivity but rather is attributed to genetic factors, gravity, and even injury through play. However, upon closer inspection of wild orcas, whether on television, in books, or on the internet, you will find that their dorsal fins remain vertical and stable. In fact, less than 1% of wild orcas have been observed with collapsed fins, while all 56 orcas in captivity now suffer from this condition. A second sign that the animal is suffering is aggression amongst tank pod members. You see, in the wild, dolphins and orcas create harmonious communities, working together with skills passed down through generations. They collaborate to hunt for food, care for their young, and even while resting, because there's always one of the pod on the lookout. There is an instinctual understanding between them, and aggression is very rare. In complete contrast, captive dolphins and orcas suffer a living hell of isolation and aggression, forced to live with strangers from different pods and species with whom they cannot communicate. They are trapped in a water-filled prison of frustration and pain. They have nowhere to turn for solace as every corner is filled with conflict and stress. Aggression and violence leading to scars from their tank mates are commonplace among captive dolphins and orcas, wounds that never occur in their natural environment. Although these creatures are natural predators, their relationship with one another in the wild is one of mutualism and communalism. The path to survival lies in the ability to work together. A third symptom is abnormal, repetitive behaviour. All captive animals, be they in zoos, sea aquariums like these dolphin and orcas perform the same behavior over and over again exhibiting a broken almost robotic pattern of motion rather than swimming gracefully in their aquariums they spin around in circles around and around they go form pecking orders and lie lifeless like statues on the bottom of their tanks or sometimes floating motionless on the surface of the pool the repetition of this behaviour is a heartbreaking sight and an unending reminder of the deprivation that these poor animals suffer. And many of them suffer with broken teeth. You see, if you lived every day caged in sterile water, you would realise the sorrow that comes with this hopelessness. There is no joy to be found in a cramped tank. Many dolphins and orcas spend their time biting hard metal bars that keep them in their living cells which are so different from their glistening pools they perform for the public. This harrowing behaviour leads to dire dental issues. Captive cetaceans often experience chipped and broken teeth 
and some have to go through horrifying dental operations to have their teeth drilled clean from the inside. In fact, many animals have been recorded on self-mutilation. The dolphins and orcas slam themselves against the sides of their tanks in a desperate attempt to break free as they try to escape the bleak reality of their captivity. The orcas in particular ram the cage bars with an unyielding force that leaves ugly, large, open wounds on their bodies that lead to scars. Their noses were bludgeoned against the metal bars, shredding away the skin until large, gaping sores formed and stained their glossy black coats. It's really harrowing, I'm sorry, but I think people really do need to know that the way these animals do suffer and many are known to vomit, yes, really vomit, in there. After countless rehearsed performances, John Hargrove watched in dismay as the SeaWorld orcas rejected their meals. John Hargrove was a former trainer at SeaWorld who decided to come out and uh, tell the truth to the world. The killer whales would heave and regurgitate their food in a never-ending cycle of monotony, accompanied only by their empty play in the puddles of their own vomit. Some animals even attempted suicide. The cries of agony were inseparable as dolphins and orcas suffered in captivity. The pressure of their confinement becomes too much, driving them to a desperate act of self-annihilation. With a final burst of determination, the creature hurled themselves out of their tanks, determined to end their own lives on their own terms rather than spend them enslaved in their watery prison. Many of these animals are also dependent upon medication. You see, the plight of these dolphins and orcas held captive in SeaWorld tanks is one of suffering beyond measure. SeaWorld has finally admitted to medicating the orcas held captive with powerful psychoactive drugs, similar to Valium, effectively drugging them to numb their inner anguish and mask the stark reality of their confinement. There's no denying that these majestic creatures are subjected to immense stress, anxiety, and even severe mental illness as a result of their captivity. And while SeaWorld claims these drugs are only used to keep them calm, there is no mistaking the truth that captivity will never truly be peaceful for these animals or anyone else. There's also been a lot of unusual illnesses recorded in the captive dolphin and orca populations that are held in tanks at SeaWorld and in other aquariums around the world. Dolphins in the Mirage Hotel in Las Vegas suffered from a contagious pox caused by stress and poor general health, according to a report from the US National Institute of Health. The research conducted by Robert Small and Douglas DeMaster was clear. The mortality rate for cetaceans held captive was two and a half times higher than those held in the wild. SeaWorld's assertion that modern care and antibiotics could extend the lives of their captive animals beyond their wild, wild cousins was a shallow attempt to hide the truth. The facts remain obscured, but we know that in the wild, orcas can live as long as 80 to 90 years, yet only two female orcas have managed to reach 40 years old in captivity, while no males have made it past 35. 
We must not allow these majestic beings to continue suffering in captivity simply to entertain us. This heartless industry should be stopped and those who profit from it should be held accountable. It's time to build open sea pens where these mammals can live out the remainder of their lives in the wild instead of being subjected to a life sentence with no hope of release. Now obviously our Wildlife Matters investigation took place before the news that we brought to you on this week's Nature News that Lolita was set to be released in the next 12 to 18 months from the Miami Sea Aquarium. So that has updated some of the information from our investigation. Nevertheless, a Wildlife Matters investigator will return with a brand new series, a series two, with a whole lot of new investigations. And I really hope uh, that wasn't too distressing, but it's opened your eyes to the suffering that these animals undergo just to become entertainment for some human beings. That was this week's Wildlife Matters Investigate. to just kick back and relax a little bit as we're going to enjoy a few moments of mindfulness in nature and this week's animal mystery noise for you to try and identify I have to say is one of the largest mammals that you'll find in the UK but that's the only clue you're getting sit back relax and enjoy I wonder just how many of you did get that animal right this week if uh, you're a fan of spring watch and you've watched uh, megan or back in the day simon king up in the highlands then you may well have recognized that that was the sound of the majestic red deer stag that was this week's wildlife matters mindful moments On this week's Wildlife Matters main feature, we're going to be looking at the illegal wildlife trade and the tragic number of animals that are poached for their body parts around the world. Many of you might be aware that ivory is a, a massive market and the ivory tusks of African elephants have been stained red with their innocent blood as it's been spilt in search of ivory. Do you know, every year, 35 to 50,000 elephants are slaughtered for their precious tusks and their lives were taken to feed this relentless and cruel trade. 
The lucrative illegal wildlife trade is worth billions of dollars every year. It's driven by soaring prices of ivory and other animal parts. Prices that have increased over 1,000% since the CITES band was introduced back in 1989. In those 40 years, Africa's savannah elephant population has been cut in half due to poaching. And at this rate, it could lead to their extinction from the wild within a decade if that is not halted. On average, 96 elephants are killed every single day in Africa by poachers who seek to profit from this dark and sinister trade. But elephants are not the only species being slaughtered. You see, other wildlife, including rhino, tigers and pangolins, are also being hunted mercilessly for their body parts. Their passing is creating an eerie silence on the savannas as species vanish at an alarming rate, driving us ever closer to the brink of the sixth mass extinction. The death of these majestic creatures will echo through time as a sad reminder of what we have lost when we allow greed to overcome our humanity. Plants and animals go extinct for a variety of reasons, including climate change, habitat destruction, hunting, and the introduction of non-native species. But the use of animal parts in traditional medicine can also contribute to a species decline, despite there being no real evidence of the efficacy of these treatments. The rarity of a creature does not protect it from being killed in the name of medicine. In fact, it just raises the market price. The illegal wildlife trade is the second and most lucrative illegal trade after drugs. Between 35 and 50,000 African elephants are poached in a year. Whilst elephants are probably the most affected species, they are not the only wildlife that is killed at the hands of poachers for their body parts. In fact, here's another shocking fact. Three rhinos are killed every single day for their horns. The vicious and merciless poaching of rhinos continues to escalate, with three rhinos being cruelly slaughtered every single day, driving all five species of this majestic animal towards the very brink of extinction. Driven by greed and deception, poachers are lured by the lucrative market for rhino horn that persists in Eastern traditional medicine, where it is falsely believed to cure an array of illnesses, including cancer. The rumor that a VIP in Vietnam was cured of terminal liver cancer with rhino horn caused an eruption in demand, skyrocketing the price to an absolutely obscene $30,000 per kilo. This cruel trade has brought these gentle giants perilously close to extinction. The plight of the Javan and Sumatran rhinos is particularly dire, with numbers now so low that they are at risk of becoming extinct any day. And with only 29,000 rhinos left in the world today, it's heartbreaking to know that these beautiful animals may be wiped off the face of this dirt forever. The facts just keep getting worse on this. So did you know over 1 million pangolins have been traded in the past 10 years? Many of you may not know what a pangolin is, but a pangolin, an animal of gentle nature, is being hunted to the brink of extinction by the wicked human poachers. 
Pangolins, also known as scaly anteaters, have unique scales that are composed of keratin, the same material as human hair and finger and toenails. Uh, but these are prized in tradi traditional Chinese medicine and sought after for false promises of healing illnesses such as rheumatism and fever. In parts of Asia, the pangolin's flesh is also seen as a delicacy, its unborn fetus being brutally ripped from the safety of its mother's womb just to be eaten in a soup. Although the pangolin curls up in a defensive ball, very similar to a hedgehog, its scaly skin does not protect it from human hands. With ease, poachers can grab the poor creature and toss it into a sack, for which they will earn just a few dollars, unaware that those same scales will be sold for hundreds of dollars per gram on the black market. Here's another fact for you. Did you know there are more tigers in American backyards than are left living in the wild? The illegal wildlife trade for exotic animals has decimated the population of tigers roaming in the wild, leaving just a small fraction of the original population. Horrifyingly, these majestic cats are hunted to the very brink of extinction for their valuable body parts, such as their skin, bones, teeth and claws, which are believed to possess supernatural powers such as strength, vitality and even sexual prowess. With illegal poaching syndicates commanding prices of up to $50,000 for a single tiger, the criminal trade in tiger parts flourishes despite international bans. And yet, some countries continue to allow the farming of tigers, which only further fuels demand on the black market. These facts just keep coming and they're not getting any better. Here, 40% of the Asian elephant population is in captivity. So the Asian elephant, a species once thought to be relatively safe from poaching, faces a very uncertain future. With only an estimated 50,000 Asian elephants left in the world, their numbers are dwindling dangerously. Around 40% of the remaining animals have been captured and forced into servitude, exploited as working animals in logging, mining and the tourism industries. Poachers have even begun to target Asian elephants for their meat, hide and ivory tusks, with some body parts even made into paste to treat hernias. The animals are fighting an uphill battle against increasingly scarce natural habitats and growing human populations, making their extinction a real possibility, unless we do something and act now. This is another majestic species that may soon be lost forever. So gorillas may be one that you may have anticipated may be at risk of extinction, but uh, did you know that every single species of gorilla is actually in that category? The fate of gorilla species hangs in the balance in central African tropical and subtropical forests. Unscrupulous poachers, driven by money, mercilessly hunt these remarkable creatures for the bushmeat trade leading to a devastating decline in their numbers. Forestry habitats are being decimated, leading to the western lowland gorilla population being slashed to only 100,000 individuals. The Cross River Gorilla is teetering on the very brink of extinction with only 250 to maybe 300 left. 
Tragically, the eastern lowland gorilla, a subspecies, has had one of its population wiped out in recent decades, and only 4,000 of these now remain. The mountain gorilla faced possible extinction in the latter part of the 20th century, but has been able to recover its numbers to 880 due to its home range in the mountains and elevations, sometimes as high as 10 to 13,000 feet above sea level. This one is a real shocker. So 28,000 freshwater turtles are traded every single day. That's around 80% of Asia's freshwater turtle species are in danger of extinction. These turtles are used for medicine, food or in the pet trade. Illegal trade in freshwater turtles generates millions of dollars every year. And again, just 7,000 cheetahs remaining in the wild today. And the fate of the cheetah is hanging in the balance with a staggering decline in population since the 1970s. See, cheetah numbers have been decimated by human interference from habitat destruction as land is converted for agriculture or livestock to illegal poaching for their skin and other body parts. Vulnerable cubs have become highly sought after as exotic pets while unwitting cheetahs face frequent vehicle collisions or are maliciously slaughtered for their bushmeat. With such a devastating onslaught, the species is now teetering on the brink of extinction and again, drastic action needs to be taken and it needs to be taken very soon. The sun bear are killed for their gallbladders. The merciless hunting of sun bears has had a devastating impact on their population slashing it by more than 30% in the last three decades. The illegal killing of these bears is widespread throughout Southeast Asia, but rarely enforced as poachers continue to hunt them without any consequence. To add to the misery, unscrupulous commercial farms capture the wild bears to milk their gallbladders for the sought-after bile to be used in traditional Chinese medicines. Grebe's zebra being driven towards extinction because of farming. Yeah, really. Once the wild and untamed symbol of Africa, Grebe's zebra has been pushed to the very brink of extinction in recent decades. Hunting for their skin and competition for resources have caused their numbers to plummet from around 25,000 in the 70s to a mere 2,500 today. They can now be found only in small pockets of northern Kenya and a few parts of Ethiopia, a far cry from their once vast range across the whole of East Africa. If nothing is done to protect them, we may lose Grebe's zebra to the pages of history very, very soon. The Hawksbill sea turtle faces extinction so their shell can be made into cheap trinkets. The Hawksbill sea turtle species is another teetering on the very brink of extinction, with their numbers dwindling as poachers hunt down these majestic creatures relentlessly. Driven by a callous human desire for their shells, which are sold worldwide as trinkets and jewellery, and for their oil, which is used for traditional medicine, these animals have suffered for the greed of mankind. Despite immense conservation efforts to stop the trade of turtle parts and to punish those who break the laws, the species is still hanging, its very existence hangs in peril. The illegal wildlife trade is a ruthless, heartless and barbaric practice 
that has left countless species on the very brink of extinction. Wild animals prized for their fur, ivory, horns and other body parts are targeted mercilessly by poachers whose shocking disregard for life has led to a never-ending bloodbath in the animal kingdom. The impact of this unscrupulous trade is not just limited to wildlife. Over the past 10 years, more than 1,000 human rangers have sacrificed their lives trying to protect vulnerable species from poachers. The stories of these brave men and women have been tragically forgotten whilst we mourn the loss of majestic elephants, rhinos and other animals that were brutally slaughtered for the sake of tradition and fashion accessories. Wildlife Matters believes that the only way we're going to end this perverse global trade is for the governments of the world to unite, come together, agree a course of action to stamp out the illegal trade in wildlife body parts. It's a great opportunity for the UK to lead it and we call on the British government to stand up and speak out to protect all the wildlife of the world. And that has been this week's Wildlife Matters main feature. that was this week's wildlife matters main feature i hope you enjoyed it that just about brings us to the end of episode 12 the end of series one of the wildlife matters podcast and we will be back in a couple of weeks with series two and we have some great new features and things that we're going to bring into that uh including q a's a few guest interviews and we're getting out and about on some local wildlife projects bringing you updates on some of the work that people are doing actually on the ground all that to come in series two but for now i'd just like to thank all of you who have downloaded subscribed to the podcast and supported us some of the emails we've had have been fantastic i'd like to say a huge thanks to tom and to frank for their really supportive emails and uh, also to janice really really motivate me on and uh, of course we'd love to hear from you and we love to receive emails so uh, please do get in touch if you'd like to our email address is hello at wildlife-matters.org that's hello at wildlife-matters.org you can keep up to date or support your favorite podcast by going to a ways to help on our website and our website address is www.wildlife-matters.org that's www.wildlife-matters.org like i say we will be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new series lots of new features and for you to enjoy and look out for but for now that's me nigel palmer your host wildlife matters signing out